I, okay, this is kind of going in a, like a really kind of. Uh, <laughs> I just got scared by a blanket. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, I, I didn't. I, there's a part of this blanket like draping over the chair arm, and I moved my arm, and I, and I was about to make the pop, the blanket like pop up, but I thought it was one of my cats, and I was really confused because the door has been closed, and so I was just like, oh, "Cat!" <laughs> and it was a blanket. <laughs> anyway. We're going to fly over polar bears and see them and look at them and be with the polar bears. No, we're not. Yes, we are. No, we're not. Is that why you're calling yourself Greg? That's his name. Is it? Yes. Doctor! I know. Dinosaurs on a spaceship. Dude, I'm not sure I could ever love Moose and drag my ass as much as you do, okay? Two True Freaks presents Hope of All Trades, hosted by Hope Molnax, talking like a man and fangirling like a lady since 2010. Getting past him should be simple enough now, since he seems to be letting Frost Giant sneak by under his nose. Bazinga. I don't care. We can talk about normality till the cows come home. What is normal? What's home? What are cows? This is my bargain, you mewling quim. Great, let's watch. Hi you guys, welcome to a brand new episode of Hope of All Traits. My name is Hope Molinax, and just to give a little intro, this is my second Captain America Winter Soldier podcast. I recorded this uh, with my buddy Angel, she was my guest. Uh, Angel is usually a regular whenever I do Marvel shows. And if you missed the first Captain America special, it was all about Steve and Bucky. You can find that on iTunes, D- just search Two True Freaks Presents Hope of All Trades. You can find that on the Two True Freaks website. Just go to twotruefreaks.com and you'll find my show, Hope of All Trades, under the list of shows and you can download it there. And I've also posted it a couple times on my Tumblr or you can go to the Two True Freaks Fix Facebook page and see it on there. So yeah, in this episode, it's all about Natasha, Nick Fury, and the Falcon, Mr. Sam Wilson, who we loved. And yeah, so I hope you enjoy it. And this is my second Captain America podcast with Angel. All right, guys, enjoy it. So can we talk about Miss Natasha Romanoff? Oh my goodness, the person who had the most character development in this entire movie. I would argue that is correct, hands down. Again, bravo to Scarlett Johansson for being able to pull off this character. <laughs> I have to say, though, after seeing her in Iron Man and Avengers, I fucking hate her hair in this one. I, I kind of got used to her hair. I the, was like, oh, okay. No, the straight, I just I think it looks so much prettier curly, but, but maybe it's just because I have straight hair, so I've always just loved curly hair, and my hair doesn't curl at all. It, it's so thin, it, it won't hold I, curls. So I, I've always loved curly hair, and I just thought she was absolutely stunningly gorgeous. So, like, when she had that, like, really straight, just, like, straight as sticks look, I was just like, what is this? I think my favorite hairstyle for her was an Avengers. I, I like the cute short look, but I also really like the long, like, Merida locks in Iron mm-hmm. Man 3, uh, Iron Man yeah. 2. <laughs> but did you notice, like, when her hair, like, after, I think she had just taken a shower, she's, like, towel drying her hair and it's starting to wave? <gasps> I did not notice that. Mm. Yeah. People have pointed that out. Yeah, I love her. <laughs> Do you want to take start off with Natasha or me? I don't care. It's your show. <laughs> I don't care. One, two, three, I'll go. 
No, I, I think what's really incredibly important about Natasha is they set up right away. Uh, actually, I think let's actually go back to where we've seen Natasha thus far pre-Winter Soldier. I think that's a good place to start with her. Right. In Iron Man 2, she was only just someone who worked with Fury. And we, I, I think it's more important to point out that we see that she's a spy. You know, right. we, we think that she's the new temp, and we start seeing that, you know, she, like, body throws happy. And um, we see that she's a spy. And I think that's an important setup for her character. But we didn't get, like, a lot of... We got little glimpses of her personality, but not much in Iron Man 2. Mm-hmm. And then we see her in Avengers, where her character grows a little more. And I think a lot of that is the influence of Clint being there. Because right. I think, and, and there is a nod to that. If you look closely, she's wearing an arrow necklace in Cap mm-hmm. 2. Yeah. And she actually stated mm. that that is a choice that was made by Scarlett Johansson as an actress. And they, she wanted to choose that to show not only her close connection to Hawkeye, that it's also going to be apparent of why her relationship with Hawkeye is going to be explored more in Avengers 2. Mm-hmm. Because apparently Clint is going to have a bigger part in Cap. I mean, in Avengers 2. Let's fucking talk about Clint Barton uh, for like two seconds. I know I have him as a point later on, but if I seriously want a one-shot of Clint Barton, and it's from Matt Fraction's Hawkeye, Mm. and the opening line has to be, okay, I know this looks terrible. (laughs) (laughs) Like, his Matt, Matt Fraction's Hawkeye is the best thing that's coming out of Marvel right now. It's hands down like the best thing and it, i i won't even listen to anybody else who wants to argue that with me because i, I, still I will need to read it i, I sent it, it to you i know i've been busy <laughs> you've been busy as you read fan fiction i don't want to hear it <laughs> it's not just fan fiction i have like a paper due like right. three papers due every week angel don't you know that comics are more important than homework Tell that to my GPA. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, like, I seriously want a Marvel one-shot of Clint Barton, and it's, like, a chapter from, um, freaking Matt Fraction's Hawkeye. Like, that just, that needs to happen. It needs to be written by Fraction. But, like, seriously, like, it, I can't, I noticed it even today, like, the lack of Hawkeye in everything just really just sucks because I, I was I saw an Avengers water bottle today and I picked it up. No Hawkeye. I have my Marvel cup right here beside me. It has Wolverine, Iron Man, Spider Man, Hulk, Thor, and Cap on it. No Hawkeye. And the thing is, like, he is a legit Avenger, you know, he but Hawkeye is an amazing character. And the thing is, is like what I do know from the comics is that they point out he's just a guy with a bow and arrow. Mm-hmm. That's it. And that's what makes him absolutely amazing. And the thing is that when it comes to the Hawkeye comic, he gets his, he's constantly has bandages on his face. He's constantly Mm -hmm. like in the hospital. And we don't see that with any other Avenger. And I I would love to see more of Clint and and actually to see their reactions to Clint. Like I, I, there's been times where like Cap and Tony in the comics were like, Clint, you gotta go take a break, man. You're like, and he's like, no, I'm fine. They're like, no, you're not us. You need to go take a break. And it, it like, it, it's something that he really struggles with a lot too. And he constantly wants to be a hero, and he just physically cannot. Which he is. He is a hero. Yeah, Which I. Is kind of why I like Avengers Assemble from what I've seen so far because there is a lot more. Of Hawkeye, him. you really need to catch up on Avengers Assemble. Hawkeye is flipping amazing. Like, he's so good, and he's actually, I would say, 
an equally prominent character. He's definitely there more there than Widow, because my god, I don't know what they're doing yeah. with Widow in that one. Yeah. <laughs> Widow <laughs> a sw- like a swore her allegiance to the Avengers and still hasn't uh, still has been like in one episode like the last like six or seven. Like it's Seriously, ridiculous. There will be times where you're watching the episode and you're like, Where's Natasha? Ah. And then yeah. like a few episodes later you're like, Oh, there she is. Oh yeah, she's well, part no. of the team. My my problem is they actually had an entire episode where Natasha addressed with Fury that she was like, you know what, I'm not with S.H.I.E.L.D. anymore, I am going to be with the Avengers. And then she didn't show up for like four or five episodes again. And I was just like, seriously, where is this woman? <laughs> like, what is happening here? And but- the thing is, is, like, she is kind of a role model for girls who are into comics and just girls in general <laughs> yeah and like it, it really bothers me that like it's all these guys in adventures assemble though i will have an entire podcast about adventures assemble once you catch yeah. up and the season mm-hmm. ends but right. um but getting back to clint like to before we jump back to natasha like i f- just feel that there's such a lack of of clint and i think with the recent rise of the hawkeye comic that we're mm-hmm. going to see a lot more there's been a lot more love for him you know, when when you look up Hawkeye, it's either Jeremy Renner or Matt Fraction comics. Like, it's really hard mm-hmm. to see a f- in, within at least the Tumblr fandom uh, anything pre that. And even pre that, during um, Dark Avengers, he's absolutely amazing. Um, I've, I've been reading, kind of working through the Dark Avengers lately, and I was reading the storyline where he is captured by Norman Osborn. And he has no problem being tortured by the Dark Avengers if it means, like, helping and saving his friends. Like, mm-hmm. he's an absolutely amazing character, and I, it just pisses me off that he's never in merchandise. He's never, like, in group pictures of the Avengers. He's never, in, like, he hasn't had his own movie. He hasn't even had any one-shots. And he didn't even, he had, like, what, 19 minutes of screen time well, compared I to mean, all the other ones? Even then, like, in the first movie, we were supposed to get his backstory, and they cut that. Mm-hmm. Some of the best Hawkeye scenes are in the deleted scenes of Avengers. Mm-hmm. Like, and some of the best Loki scenes I might throw out, I, if I could throw out. But, like, um, I, I, I have a serious problem with the lack of Hawkeye in this franchise and in merchandise and in storytelling. So when I heard that Hawkeye has a major role of Avengers 2, I hope he better get, like, half the damn movie about him. Or at least a good, like, chunk of it. Where it's, like, like the entire opening sequence is all Hawkeye. Like, that yeah. is something that I absolutely need. He's the yeah, only... Like- He's the only Avenger with Natasha that has not had a movie, and I would even say that Natasha shared this movie with Steve. Mm-hmm, she did. I just saw this on Tumblr, so I don't know how true it is, but it said that both Clint and Hulk would be playing a bigger part in mm-hmm. Avengers 2. I read that, Which too. I'm happy about, because... Uh, I actually think Feige, uh, can, uh, uh, the producer guy Feige, actually talked about that. How they're going to have much bigger roles in this one. I think is that they're just happy to have a, uh, Mark Ruffalo as the Hulk. I know. <laughs> they're just like Hulk, yay! A Hulk that you know is really good. <laughs> I can't you... say anything. I haven't seen Incredible Hulk, the only movie of the of the Marvel franchise I have not seen. But like, I, I but honestly, I just after seeing Mar- Ruffalo's Hulk, it'd be really weird to go back and watch Norton's Hulk. Hulk. I've seen it, and it's kind of like. Eh. I hear the best part is when Tony Stark ro- walks in at the end. Mm-hmm. That's what I it hear. Is. It is. <laughs> so but anyway. I'm also not like the biggest. Oh, what's her name? She plays Arwen in Lord of the Rings. 
She's the love interest. That oh, actress. Uh, that the actress that. Yeah. Anyway, I'm just not a big fan of her. Like oh, when Liv I heard. Tyler. Yeah, Liv Tyler. I'm not a big fan of Liv Tyler. Like, I absolutely love Lord of the Rings, but I really don't like her as Arwen. <laughs> And it's nothing against. I love the character of Arwen's, and I love Ar Arwen in the books. I just, I'm not a big Liv Tyler fan, so I'm just like, mur, mur. it's not Mark Ruffalo, and it has Liv Tyler. I really don't want to watch this movie. <laughs> so, but anyway, Natasha. But yeah, Natasha. Yeah. So I, I feel like this, uh, you know, comparing her, uh, going back to her development, you know, we see that she is a spy, and she has many faces in Iron Man Two. And then in Avengers, we see that she does have the ability to work for the team, and we see her open up more, but when, only when it has to do with Clint. And because so everything... she does have some funny lines, and she does interact fairly well with Steve. Yeah, in Avengers. And I, I think a lot of it is that she, she, I think she's the type of person that can adapt to just about any team. Like if they mm -hmm. told her to go like be on a team of like sea turtles, she'd just be like, okay, <laughs> let's go. Um, <laughs> So I, I think it's not, I think it says that she's so highly trained, but even then we didn't really find out much about her as a person unless Clint was there. I feel like this is the first time, like, even though we still don't really know who Natasha is, and they, even in the Black Widow comics that recently coming out, I think, like, one of the, one of the early opening lines is, no one knows who I really am and I'm okay with that. Like, I don't even know if I know who I really am anymore. And no one knows her full backstory. Like no mm -hmm. one, and no one will ever know her full backstory. And so I, I feel like though, even we'll probably never get a full, full Natasha movie, and we'll not probably never fully get that. Actually, I, they've been talking about a Black Widow movie. Yeah, I know that uh, the Mary Sue leaked it. That's saying that uh, Mary Sue was saying that there was going to be a, a Marvel movie. One of the Marvel writers um, was just like, whoa, hold the phone. Like, no one has talked about that at Marvel. <laughs> like, we've mentioned it, but it is not confirmed. Like, Mary Sue, like, put out, like, Natasha Romanoff movie is happening on this year. And they were just like, whoa, what's going on, guys? That is not happening. Um, anyway, but I, I feel like this is the first time we're actually seeing Natasha as a person. Mm-hmm. I think about the, the one scene that really best summed up who Natasha is was, I think, I think we started seeing it when she was riding in the car with Steve and they were driving to the, mm -hmm. to the, um, training camp. Right. And she, and uh, he was, uh, she was like, you know, what, what do you want to get out of this? And he was like, I, I, I hope a friend. And she was like, oh, you're in the wrong business for that. But I feel and like that entire scene with her opening up with Steve was the first time mm -hmm. we were seeing her relax. You know, she's not as being a spy. She's not working. She's just being Natasha Romanoff. And, like, you know, she has her, her feet up on the dashboard. And Steve is like, this is still a car. Uh, someone's car. And But, like, it was just little things like that. Like, Natasha likes to put mm -hmm. her feet up when she rides in a car. Like, you know, these are, like, little things. Or, like, that... even when uh, Steve checks in on her like after he's just carried her from the rubble and they clean up and he's like hey are you all right and she's like oh yeah i'm fine hmm. yeah we just blew up it's okay <laughs> okay but but even in that scene you know you could tell that she was still a little rocked by it like i think she is so used to like this whole shield life that it's when we see these little parts of Natasha. It's it's like when she goes against Hulk in the Hellcarrier in Avengers. Mm -hmm. She is visibly shaking. Like she is yeah. traumatized and scared. She, has, she actually has to sit down and like calm herself down before she goes and takes on Clint. 
Yeah, and it's one of those things when it's it's when it's mentioned that it's Clint there that she actually gets back up to do her job. Mm-hmm. But like it, we very rarely see her scared, you know. And it, so I like these really vulnerable moments of Natasha that comes out because they're few and far in between. But I think we need to grab onto them and hold onto them so tight. And I, I think the best scene is when um, Steve asks uh, when she asks Steve, "Do you trust me?" And he goes, "Well, now I do." Oh, yeah. I, I had I, such I just, feels in that scene. I, I love their friendship. Oh my goodness, but we can talk about that later. <laughs> oh, we can talk about it now. Oh, uh, yeah, that's true. But um, the one thing that really shows, like, who she was, like, one of the lines that I really liked from her is, like, I only pretend to know everything, save. Yes, I think that's a really... You know, I was just actually reading that in a Tumblr post last night about um, psychology life hacks. And one of them was, like, if you walk into a room and you walk into a room and you don't look at anybody and you walk into it like you know what you're doing and you mm-hmm. own that place and you know exactly what you're doing, no one's going to question you. Mm-hmm. And, I th- and we see that, you know, she, she knows these little tricks and tips about how to, like, get her around. Uh, I keep forgetting this damn soldier's name. Rumlow. Rumlo yeah. to get around Rumlo's men, and uh, it's like little things like you know, kiss me, and people don't like to look at public displays of affection, and you know, like uh, you know, put your arm around me and laugh, and and so she knows these little tricks and tips to get. At what point was I trying? I'm to like think? the whole scene of like we're getting married <laughs> in New Jersey. <laughs> <laughs> really, Steve? Steve is Jersey? such. Well, Steve is, well, that's where the map was going to. And I had to laugh at that because he's such a Brooklyn kid that he's just like, New Jersey. <laughs> no offense to anyone in New Jersey, but Steve's a Brooklyn kid. so. Yeah. And New Yorkers and New Jersey people. It's Jersey. Jersey. York. Jersey. Chris Tyler's laughing at my terrible New York, New York accent. <laughs> but, like, I, I just, I really feel like we were even though it's still few and far in between, that we're really seeing her for the first time. Mm-hmm. So, and I do, I kind of like how everybody was freaking out before, like, you know, with all the pictures that were filtering out of them in their civvies and, like, kissing and stuff like that, and people were like, mm-hmm. oh my god, it's going to be Natasha, it's Steve, and it was really just a ploy to get away from um, Rumlo's men. Mm-hmm. Eh, like, that's what a lot of people were thinking. I'm like, eh, it's either this or it's an undercover thing. Yeah, I I could not like, I could not see it being like a romance between those two people. I just because for one, I just don't see uh, Tasha in that way towards Steve ever. Like as you've noticed from our role plays, they're always best friends. No, yeah, that I think they will. That totally works. I think that Steve is her best friend under Clint. Well, I mean, even in the comics, like. Steve is one of the few people that Natasha actually respects and looks up to and stuff. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense <laughs> that yeah. there's a friendship between them. And there's an interesting dichotomy between them. Like, she's the spy and he's this boy scout, basically. <laughs> mm-hmm. Also, I, her fighting was amazing. God, Scarlett Johansson, amazing. That I have to say, she really slimmed down a lot more than she was in Avengers in this one. Mm-hmm. 
It was the one that moment, like after she in, the, in like the very opening, like when we're, we're like rescuing the boat, and she like smacks the guy with the pipe, and you see her walking off, and it's about like a hip, a lower back hip shot, but you see it's a really good shot of her waist down to her hips. She really slimmed down for this, and it just, I I liked her her body weight more in the Avengers. I know that's kind of mm. shallow to say, but she just looked a little. I don't want to say unnatural. But a little too thin in this one. At yeah, least I can kind of see that. At least in the cat suit, it looked better when she had the layers on, like when she had, you know, the shirt, the jacket, and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. it was in that you could really see like the deep hourglass figure, but she was just really thin in the waist, and I liked her a lot more in the Avengers. But I also just like my actors when they have like healthy body types. So. <laughs> well, I mean, she could still be skinny and still be healthy. But... Yeah. No, but yeah, but it was, um, I always kind of think of, what's his name? He, he plays Happy. Happy Hogan. John, I can, I John can never. Fervero? Fervero. I, I, I ask you because I can never pronounce his last name right. I don't know. I think I pronounced it wrong, but. Yeah. Um, in that whole assembling a team thing, he was talking about how, uh, when he met Scarlett Johansson, she was like one, um, like, like, like 190 something, 200 something. And like now she's down to like 130 something. So, like, she really has slimmed down. But she looks great. But And I wish, I hope people, like, when they're interviewing her, focus more on her character development in this one opposed to her cat suit. Actually, I looked at a lot of, like, the press conferences, and I didn't see a lot of rabbit food questions. Yeah, she was very adamant about that post-adventures. Like, you know, she mm-hmm. like people would always ask her about, like, her costume and how it, it was coming in. And then people would turn around and ask, like, Steve and Robert Downey Jr. Steve, Chris and Robert <laughs> Downey Jr., uh, like, all these, like, deep character questions. And she actually said on one of the panels, like, you know, why do the boys get all the good questions? And I get the rabbit food questions. Yeah, but I mean, I'm I'm so I I noticed is... that a lot more too. Like this time around, I think a lot of the press has listened to her, and they're actually giving her really good questions. It's deserved because the character has built a lot. Mm-hmm. I've actually watched other reviews of Captain America too, and they've even mentioned like in the previous two movies we didn't see a lot of her character. Like, yeah, she's kind of funny, or yeah, she's this awesome spy. But now we see a bit more uh, personality come out from her interactions with Steve and everyone else. And she clearly cares for Steve. Like, she would not go out of her way to try to set him up on dates if she did not care for Steve. Like, she cares about his general well-being. She doesn't want him to be lonely. They banned her. They banned her. (laughs) Which is what friends do. Like, I mean, as you guys noticed, Hope and I banter a lot. We do. We it's because we love each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> because we love each other. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I mean, yeah, like she would not go out of her way to try and set him on these dates to make sure he's not lonely if she did not care for Steve. Oh, oh my goodness! When um, they first found out when Fury died, quote quote, she looks so distraught. Like, did you notice that? Yeah, she did look so distraught. And I, I think it's one of those... And she calls him Nick. You know, it's not... She didn't say, mm-hmm. come on, Fury. She said, come on, Nick. So I think that's another person that she's incredibly close to. And I think those people are few and far in between. And I think Fury is one of the reasons why she is where she is in S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. I'd say, like, on a level of people she cares about, there's Clint, Nick, and Steve is 
somewhere close in there. Mm-hmm. And then maybe Tony a little further down. <laughs> I, I don't, how do you get Tony in that? Because, like... I really don't the, think she gives a damn about who's Stark. I, <laughs> I don't know, but, like, I've noticed in the Avengers when uh, Tony first arrives in Germany, she does have that small, amused smile when he shows up. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, no, I, I honestly think she has a complete work relationship with Tony. Like, mm-hmm. you know, she, she in Iron Man 3, she was going in, she was doing her job, she was stopping Hammer and, and doing all that. Right. In Avengers, she was doing S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff. I think, but she, I don't think she's ever... And ever, who's not amused by Tony Stark? Steve, in Avengers. <laughs> no, we. I think Steve. Like his secret. He's like, I just can't laugh. I'm the captain. Because <laughs> Tony's Tony's the one that gives him his first real smile in the movie at the end. Right, that's true. <laughs> Stony feels, <laughs> and the Stony shippers go crazy. But I, yes, like Angel over there. Um, but and I. Right now we're talking about Cap too, so I am in the Stucky. I, I think Thanks. she has more feels towards uh, Coulson than she has towards of uh, um, yeah. yeah towards uh, 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 what's his butt Tony. <laughs> <laughs> You're gonna laugh every time I say what's his butt, aren't you? Maybe. What's his butt? <laughs> but uh, I, uh, I'm a five-year-old. No, it's totally okay. I'm the one that says what's his butt instead of what's his face. What's his butt? I, I but I, you can only just assume that she's worked with Coulson more than she mm-hmm. has with Tony. Um, so there's the Shield people, and then there's Steve right after that. Yeah, though I think I, I you know, as as we see in Agents of Shield, your friend, people who you think are your friends, or people who are on your team, doesn't make them your friends. Right. So that means Natasha really only trusts like five people. Maybe I mean, four or five. Maybe. I, I think Maria's probably far up there because she's Fury's right hand. I think she can right. probably trust Maria. And we see Maria there when Fury quote-unquote dies. So I actually like the Maria in the Marvel Cinematic Universe than I like her in, like, say, uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes. She's a bitch in some of the other things, and she's a bitch in a lot of things. Oh, we didn't put Maria on this. Mm. I'm going to add her right now on this list. Because like, even though she had a small role, she had some badass right. roles in this. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I do want to bring up something that I, I was actually wondering about, and it ended up not happening. Because in the comics, Bucky and Natasha clearly have a past. They were both right. in the Red Room together. They're in a relationship. They're currently in a relationship. Um, if you're following the current Winter Soldier, uh, the current Winter Soldier uh, comics, which is Bucky is working as a S.H.I.E.L.D. agent, Natasha recently got captured. And she got her mind erased, just similar to Bucky in this movie. And they and he actually like went out his way to save her because they've been dating for a long time. And so I was wondering if they were going to bring it up that Bucky and Natasha have this past. Natasha said that he, she had ran into the Winter Soldier before, back on a job. But I'm wondering if he was masked and we're going to get more of this Red Room background or if they're going to completely cut out the Red Room altogether. Well, I think they might cut out the Red Room for Bucky because it seems like Bucky has been with Hydra since forever. Yes. I can can fully agree with that. It seems a lot like Earth's Mightiest Heroes Bucky. In Earth's Mightiest Heroes, if you guys don't know, uh, he was found by Red Skull and brainwashed. Mm -hmm. And so was Falcon. Oh, Sam. Mm. Uh, I, I totally agree. I think they're going to completely cut out Red Room on this one. 
And um, though I have to wonder if then they will have Bucky and Natasha form a relationship. You know, they have similar backgrounds and they have similar pasts and they seek each other in comfort. And if Bucky starts working for S.H.I.E.L.D. or what might be S.H.I.E.L.D. 2.0, who knows? Um, you because know, we don't know what's going to happen. But, That's in the aftermath of S.H.I.E.L.D. Where's S.H.I.E.L.D. going with after all this? Um, but it's also a possibility of it becoming Clintasha. I, I, th- I kind of hope they don't go in that direction. And and I'm, and that's nothing against Clintasha. I really do like the ship, and I think it's cute. I I do like either Bucky and Natasha or Natasha with no one, only because when it comes to Clintasha. I see her relationship with Clint the same way that Steve is with Bucky. I think they're very mm-hmm. close. They're like brother and sister. They lo- they're pretty much each other's family. And they've been together a very long time. And they know each other better than anybody else. I mean, we even see Clint in Avengers call her Tasha. You know, mm-hmm. when she when he's like, Tasha, what are you doing? I mean, like, you know, nobody else has called her Tasha in all this. Like, I, I think that they are very close. Now, but, uh, but yeah, I, I was actually really wondering how they were going to be handling that Bucky-Natasha relationship, and they clearly don't really know each other in this one. You know, they've, they've had one run in, he was probably masked, and that was it. Um, so, that being said, I, I kind of will be interested if they bring it up. I can see them making a relationship, especially with Cap only having three or four movies, like Chris Evans having three movies left. Mm-hmm. I could see it being a thing where it's something that the two of them bond over like captain america's death you know they lo- both lose steve and they have similar past i can see them going in that direction and making them romantic interests right like i can see bucky and natasha just because that's what i know from the comics and stuff and i like they do share that sort of bond at least like with the red room but my favorite pairing will always be black thunder <laughs> I do. Oh my god, Natasha. I I love Thor and Natasha. Oh my god, mm-hmm. we did it to each other on that one. Mm-hmm. And there is not enough Thor and Natasha fanfic or fan art out there. If you are listening to this and you just feel the urge to make me some Thor Tasha fix or or fan art, please just shoot it over to geekygirlexperience.tumblr.com. She'll so, probably love you forever. I I would. It's so hard to find. Thor Natasha anything other than them being like hey he's hot hey she's hot we just got off a mission stress relief sex and I'm like no he would respond <laughs> we totally respect her as a hard-working fighting warrior woman uh though no, they're my favorite like kind of crack ship though I still mm-hmm. always will ship Thor with Sif because oh my god they are wonderful and they're married in Norse mythology mm-hmm. uh Fury Oh, what to say about Fury? Uh, I I have to agree with your note. I was kind of not surprised that he was dead. Like, I was shocked that they killed him. Like, quote-unquote killed him. Like, they, they shot him. And when he started flatlining, I had a moment of going, Oh my god, I re- just remembered this this um, press conference they had where Samuel L. Jackson was joking with Sebastian Stan that he took all of his movie deals. And I was like, <laughs> are they really going to kill off Fury? Until... They make a point to show Fury getting injected with some syringe. Like you see, it's kind of like in the corner of the shot, but mm-hmm. it's it's enough in focus where you actually see the guy walk over and inject something in Fury. When I saw that, I was like, "Oh, he's probably not dead." 
And then I was waiting, and I was waiting, and when he popped up again, I was like, yay, I knew he wasn't dead. <laughs> Come on, it's Fury. I know, and that's how I was, I was like, Fury can't die, it's motherfucking Fury, like, what's going to happen? So, I did, like, the scene before he got shot, where he's just, like, lounging in Steve's chair, listening to jazz or whatever. Oh, yeah, the big ba- band music? Yeah. I I absolutely love that scene because he's like, my wife threw me out. And Steve is so confused. He's like, I didn't know you were married. <laughs> and he was like, does anyone but your wife know about this? I was like, God, Steve, if anyone is listening, you're being so obvious right now. <laughs> like, Steve is not good with stuff. <laughs> what does your wife think about you being thrown out? <laughs> oh, that was amazing. Oh, Steve, you're so awkward. He is. He's such a little awkward turtle. Awkward turtle. We did get to get some uh, personal background from Fury. Wow, we got a lot of personal background from everyone. Yeah, like we we found out that he trained with Pierce and they did tactics. The one thing that we forgot to mention about Natasha was the line of. are you ready for everyone to know who you are? Yes. I really hope somehow they release a lot of that because in like all her, you know, it's, it's her red, it's her ledger and it's bleeding red. Like, mm-hmm. you know, that's stuff that could have thrown her in jail. And I, I really kind of wish we knew more about all the stuff that Natasha did. I know, but consider how brave it is to just throw it all out there. Oh God! You know, and we see it. She has a moment where she kind of falters and gets scared and like hesitates a moment because it is going to be her entire everything she's ever hid out there, and enough to make her have to go find a new identity. Mm-hmm. But still, oh my goodness, oh, so much good stuff. <laughs> but anyway, we were talking about Fury, but we got some nice personal background information, like. It came out of a funny little comment from Steve, a little smart-ass comment, about, like, you know, they used to play music in these. Uh, Um, And the whole background with his... Oh, I loved that scene. I know, but it also kind of gives you an insight into what made Fury the kind of person he is. Oh, yeah. His grandfather wasn't exactly trusting, and I don't blame him. Mm Mm-hmm. And so Nick grew up learning not to be so trusting. I I really don't want to, because I'd rather just look at Nick Fury as a person. But I Mm -hmm. do have to, I feel like it has to be mentioned that this version of Fury is black. And so when he is also talking about his grandfather, or was it his father or grandfather? Father. Uh, Grandfather. Grandfather. You know, that was probably pre-civil rights movement. And, you know, that is a completely different time period. And that is the time period that Fury, if, if we know that Fury's also been around in the 70s, has been in S.H.I.E.L.D. that long. Now, he's probably had to deal with S.H.I.E.L.D. coming that. And I kind of would like mm-hmm. to see S.H.I.E.L.D. in that time period. Because we also know that there was, for a time, we see it in Young Avengers, that Elijah's fa- uh, grandfather was the original Black Captain America. Hi. And talk about a tragic series of comics. Uh, like, you know, Black Cats in America. I wish I could remember his name. Um, but uh, like, Isaiah Br- Bradley? Yes, Bradley. And I, I just cried during the entire time. And, like, the respect that Steve has for that man. So I, I do think that there is more weight in a lot of what Fury is saying about his grandfather. Because it is also a different mm-hmm. time period. Well, and I, mean... and I, I, I think when it comes to Steve... He, that's such a great thing about it. he's never seen, I think, color. 
not not to say that he's like colorblind, but I think when, he, when it comes to people's skin, he's always seen people for being people, and I think that's one of the best right. things about Steve. And when we see that with his Howling Commandos, they're all different people. Right. Um, what I was going to say, like with Fury having to deal with stuff, I had seen the Agent Carter one shot also before going to see Cap 2, and I know that it's kind of a different situation kind of a different time period but it's an early shield and having to deal with stuff and yes it focuses around agent carter but i was looking at the cast of the people who are within like the ssr which was originally shield Mm -hmm. and there were like all of the guys in there were white Mm -hmm. like so it so and they were horrible to peggy so could you imagine if like you know Early, like, uh, early Fury? Yeah, like, if... That'd be a really interesting one-off to see early Fury getting through a shield during the Civil Rights... Like, kind of... It's not the Civil Rights movement, because that was the 50s. He probably wasn't born then. But, like, that post-kind-of-70s movement. Because, like, even... even though it depends on certain parts of the country, like a lot, most of the country was totally accepting of black people. But if you right. were in the deep south, like even now in 2014, there is still some scary stuff that happens in the south. And I, I do have a few African American friends, and they're like, mm-hmm. I will not go to that part of Georgia, or I will not go to that part of Alabama because right. I will not come back. And so, like, so even during the 70s, there would still be a, some animosity of like you know they would probably push several um white care uh, white people above fury and the fact that his rise to becoming the director through this time period to modern day i think that'd be a really interesting story within itself like if you think about it alexander pierce like probably that time was probably more of a candidate for director than fury was and fury only got the job because well pierce didn't want it and I, I, though I have to wonder if that was a Hydra plot, because I think Pierce becoming the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. make him a big target, be like, hmm, I wonder if that guy is Hydra. Like, I think being the secretary keeps him under the radar, because right. everyone's eyes are always on Fury. Right. No one's That's... eyes are on him as much. He can That's slide That's another more. good point. That's another good point. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. <laughs> but I am, but going back, yeah, we get to see a lot of character development. Sorry, I told you it was a weird tangent, but... Mm-hmm. We got to see under his eye patch. <laughs> I never thought I'd be so excited about an eyeball. <laughs> I was like, oh my goodness, that's what it looks like. What happened? <laughs> yeah, I I really want the backstory to that eye patch. I really want the backstory to what happened. And I I, I saw something where like Samuel L. Jackson was like talking to a kid. And he was like, for sure thought it was like a tiger. <laughs> and sure, Samuel L. Jackson was like, Sure, okay, it's a tug. <laughs> See, I come up like with really stupid ideas just based on Samuel L. Jackson's previous um, roles. So, like for example, his role in Jurassic Park, I say Fury just ended up with an eye patch because he had a dangerous run-in with a Velociraptor. You know, I wouldn't put a past shield trying to make dinosaurs. I wouldn't either. I mean, we freaking see. Okay, actually. I, I'm trying to debate if I'm gonna get your opinion. If it was on an Agent of Shield episode about three, four weeks ago, do you think mm-hmm. it's considered spoilered if I say something? Uh, if it was three or four weeks ago. Yeah. Yes, it was. Yeah, it was. It was about about a month ago. This episode came out. Okay, so if it's been a month and Tumblr hasn't already spoiled it for you, then 
I don't see a lot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff on Tumblr. I, this was actually with the whole really? Hydra... I, maybe I just don't follow those people. Because mm-hmm. um, I'm sure if I really looked for it, I could find it. But, like, other than this week with the whole Captain America Fallout and the S.H.I.E.L.D. Fallout, I, mm-hmm. I haven't seen a lot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. stuff, so I was not spoiled oh, really? for this. So I was mm-hmm. completely shocked by it. But if you okay. don't want to be spoiled for S.H.I.E.L.D., come back in about 30 seconds. Okay? Actually, make it a minute just to be safe. <laughs> come back in about a minute. One, two, three. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they grew a Velociraptor or something because they freaking have a Kree in hiding. Oh, that's... Yeah, they have a dead Kree in hiding. So, like, I wouldn't be surprised if they did grow, like, a freaking Velociraptor to attack Fury in the face. (laughs) And and technically, you have the, like, the, I think it's called the Wastelands in the Marvel Mm -hmm. Universe, and they have dinosaurs. Uh, There's also Savage Lands. Savage Lands. That was the one I was trying to think of. Thank you. So, yeah, they totally have dinosaurs. I totally saw them on Avengers Assemble, like, like, a few weeks ago, so. So Fury just went on a mission. To, to the Savage to Land. The Savage Lands, and, and he got attacked by a dinosaur. He saw some dinosaurs, and apparently Tony Stark can't climb trees. Mm, apparently not. Well, have, you, I mean, have you seen that episode yet? No, I need to. You're going to have so much, like, Tony feels, and it's a really good Tony episode, but it was incredibly good. You'll like it. And then I think my other thing that I'm planning on using for the Losers Avengers thing of how Fury lost his eye is that he got in a lightsaber battle with Palpatine. <laughs> That's my favorite explanation. <laughs> uh, I thought you oh, would enjoy that. <laughs> I, love, I love making fun of the prequels of Star Wars. <laughs> it's like one of my favorite things to do. Um, but yeah, like we... We get to see a lot of, we hear a lot about his training days, which is I think is kind of nice, and how he, I kind of have this, and oh god, what a badass, like, they're in the whole him trying to get away from, like, the, oh, crowd, oh my goodness. And the, like... the car scenes, like, he was just such a freaking badass. See, like, the only thought that was going through my head in that moment is, like, this is why you do not mess with a guy named Fury. I, I really enjoyed seeing Fury finally on his own. Because, like, we hear all these things. Like, he's the ultimate spy. His secrets have secrets. But we have really not seen him much in action. So it was really awesome to get to see him in action. And to... it was Like, he would have got away if it wasn't for Bucky making that last big move. And he actually yep. did get away. He did. We see him get to Steve. To Steve's apartment. And so, like, he's incredibly smart. And he's... He just knows how to... Like, he's the director for a reason. Yeah, like, he is the ultimate spy. I I kind of liked his banter with the car, like, well, what is working? <laughs> the air conditioning. Well, good. <laughs> like, that entire... Like, I, I love the comedy they write for Fury, too. Because he just seems so done with everything. It's like, really? God damn it, everybody. Motherfucking Falcon. I don't know, Falcon was the first thing that came to mind. <laughs> Motherfucking Winter Soldier. <laughs> All these motherfucking Hydra agents in this motherfucking agency. Oh my god. And the, and the thing is, Hydra is kind of a snake. Uh, okay, <laughs> I, a Hydra is not a snake. Okay, but it has kind of snake-like heads. So, yeah. I'm done with this motherfucking snake head and my motherfucking chill. <laughs> and Steve's like, I understood that reference. Like, really? I totally get that reference. That guy kind of looked like you, Fury. <laughs> this is now my Steve voice. <laughs> Natasha, Natasha, why are we kissing? I need an adult. Bucky, Bucky, come, come love me. 
right. <laughs> Sorry, now my Steve voice. <laughs> You've heard my Thor voice, so. I want to hear your Thor voice again. No. Yes. I did my. I did my Steve voice. You have to do your 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 Thor voice. Uh, I can't do it right now. Yes, you can. I'm laughing too much. Here, here's my Clint voice. You ready? Sure. Oh wait, he only has 19 minutes of dialogue. He never talks. Um. <laughs> okay. So anyway, uh, I have guardians. <laughs> Sorry, that's my Thor voice. Son of coal. <laughs> Son of coal. Jane Foster. Another. Jane Foster. <laughs> Another sex. Please. Another. I just imagine him picking up Jane and like throwing on throwing her on the ground. Another Loki, do not do the thing. I'm going to do the thing, Thor. I'm going to do the thing. <laughs> you can't control you... me, Thor. I'm hotter. I have more fangirls than you. Why must you do the thing, brother? <laughs> because I can't. <laughs> <laughs> you have oh to do the God, Tom. About? You have to do the Tom and Hiddleston eh 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 because that's how he laughs. He has oh. a eh 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 eh. So. <laughs> oh my God! What are we doing? We're supposed to be talking about cats. We got stuck about these motherfucking Hydra agents and this motherfucking shield. <laughs> and you did the Steve voice. No, so I, I have to say, I think one of the best uh, little prequel things. Uh, it was some pre-interview thing that I saw. So mm -hmm. I saw. I saw. I can't. <laughs> Oh, no, we're not Steve. We're not calling. <laughs> but don't you? Uh, he was, I think, one of the best interviews. I can't remember if it was Samuel L. Jackson or Chris Evans that were talking about it. But they were saying how, for the first time, Fury has more resources at his disposal than he's ever had before. Oh, yeah, I saw about that because of the whole Avengers thing. Yeah, because yeah. The, the, like they pretty much gave Fury everything. Mm-hmm. You th though you have to kind of wonder, um, with them having Loki's scepter at the end of the this movie, oh my I kind I kind of have to wonder how much Hydra might have had influence on the Battle of New York. Well, I mean, we do know that the Security Council, like, who knows about the Security Council? Well, I kind of have to wonder because Hydra has been searching for the Tesseract since the forties. And, and it came from Asgard, and Loki had it, and they used the Tesseract to open the portal. But mm -hmm. if Hydra has been infiltrating S.H.I.E.L.D. pre-Avengers, what if someone from Hydra has been working with Thanos and Loki to initiate that attack? Oh, God. Because, I mean, if they've been in S.H.I.E.L.D. during the Avengers, and they and S.H.I.E.L.D. had the Tesseract during that time, then they could have been a, another major player in the Battle of New York, and they could be working with Thanos. Maybe Thanos is helping them. Loki could. I mean, hmm. there's a lot of it that could be going on, and maybe, yeah. This probably goes a lot deeper than we can imagine. We're gonna get to like Avengers, hmm. like two or three or Catherine, and just be right. like, oh my god. So, I think like going back to Fury, like the most important thing that we saw is that. He burned everything, including mm -hmm. his eye patch. That's like another person giving up their identity and having to find like a new one. I am really interested about where they might be taking Fury in this. Like, I'm wondering because you know he's not. He, we say that he he says that he's going to Europe. You know, he has to right. work on some stuff in Europe. But... And they've been talking like there's rumors of a Nick Fury movie. But 
like they're working on a script, but we don't know for kinda sure. Kind of like how they're still kind of working on a Natasha Romanoff movie and a second uh, Hulk movie and meh, meh, meh. Yeah. I would love that, actually. But I, I know, I do know that Fury hmm. is confirmed to come back into S.H.I.E.L.D. Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Right. Um. So and and they just had the Winter Soldier episode. So this will be post Winter Soldier. Um. So I know that's coming, but I I do have to agree that there is a big thing that's going down with all these people losing their identities and losing like pieces of themselves. Like mm-hmm. you know, Steve learned more about himself, but lost a bit. Of, kind of lost a lot of his past. I would say. Like, my my you know my sister put it a a good way. Um, a little personal. My sister just lost a friend. Um, her a friend of hers just died last week, but it was a friend that she hadn't seen in a talked to in a long time. They were high school friends and known each other for years, but they they haven't talked much in the last few years. So she said then afterwards, like you know, after going to this funeral, she went to hang out with some of her new friends, and they were getting ready for doing church stuff for Easter. And she said that it was like she was saying goodbye to her past, and she was able to live better in the present. Mm-hmm. And I think that's kind of what Steve is doing, you know, um, he's able to say goodbye to this kind of past ver- uh, version, you know, he's not Captain Rogers anymore right. in the 40s, he's not Captain America of the 40s, this isn't Bucky of the 40s, this isn't the Howling Commandos, so this is the movie that he had to say goodbye to that past so he can be Captain America and Steve mm-hmm. Rogers in the future. Right. So I kind of, I have to say that if I don't see Bucky being jealous of Sam, I'm gonna have a fit. I know, like... I just I see, like, someone... Bucky, like, like an anime Bucky wrapping around Steve and just, like, glaring at Sam, like, don't touch him. Like, I think I saw a post on Tumblr where, like, it had something to do with Bucky, like, I have the strangest urge to tell Sam how to be a best friend to Steve. <laughs> <laughs> Though, Sam would be a really good candidate for Bucky to talk to. Mm-hmm. And we'll get to that later. But, I mean, I kind of am, am really quite interested. Just as we were saying, like, we don't really know where S.H.I.E.L.D.'s going. We really don't know where Fury's going in this one, either. Right. Also, I did love the, uh, I haven't really seen the other movie that Samuel L. Jackson was in. But on his headstone is the uh, Ezekiel quote that his character reads in Pulp Fiction. I did not know that. Yep. Oh, I wonder if that's a Sam Jackson choice. Well, maybe. <laughs> he might have made that choice um, for that one. But, yeah, I don't I don't know where we're going to be going with uh, Fury, so. I would love to know. <laughs> me too, man, me too. Like, I just want to see, like, Colton's react. Oh, wait, they did talk about Nick Fury's death in the latest. Yeah, they, they as far as they know in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., Fury is dead. And Victoria Hand and Coulson were saying they are probably the two last, they could probably be the two highest living uh, agents left. Dang. They, that they could, as for, to their knowledge, that they know but of. But wait, isn't Victoria dead? Yes, Victoria got shot and killed by someone. I don't want to give it away yet. I want to, <laughs> I'm going to wait. Right. But, um, so now, uh, as far as Coulson knows, well, he doesn't know about Victoria's death yet, yeah, as of right. this episode. Mm-hmm. But um, Coulson is now probably one of the highest level agents as a Could you imagine, like, Coulson as the director? (laughs) (laughs) Well, wait, it would either be Maria or... It can't be Maria, because Maria's working for Stark now. Right. Yeah. Oh my god, Maria and Pepper are going to have, like, girl awesome shopping trips. Oh my gosh, yes they are. And Pepper will finally be like, finally someone else. 
I just love the idea of like Pepper and Maria and Natasha just having girl day and just like going shopping and like no boys allowed and like they're just actually being girls and like but like every once in a while Natasha and Maria are like just total shield agents and Pepper's just like oh honey no no we're gonna go get manicures we you guys are gonna be girls stop being shield agents for like two seconds (laughs) come on let's go let's go look at puppies and like say I just say I just drag them into a pet store and they just play with puppies and get manicures and like go shopping like like that's something i really like that idea of like all these girls and they just go hang out it's a nice idea (laughs) and i just like you know fury's just calling up maroon she's like i can't come right now why not because i I, uh, i'm getting a a facial and i have this green stuff all over my face (laughs) anything else on fury Mm, nope just that nick fury always will be and is a badass. <laughs> Starting back up again, um, I really love Sam. <laughs> He's a beautiful addition to this franchise. And he, as you said in your notes, he complimented Cap really well. And is he's a really interesting character, and I'm glad I, I agree with you. I'm glad of, with what they did with him. Well, like, I mean, there's a lot of parallels, like a few parallels actually between Sam and Cap. Like they both both lost their wingman. And like they're both military men and like, they're both struggling, like, with the aftermath of war and battle. So, and, he's, and he's funny. Like, I, he is. He's hilarious. Just like when the, the whole on your left thing, he was just like, don't you dare say it! <laughs> and I have to actually like the fact that he didn't fanboy over Steve. You know, it wasn't right. like one of those things like, oh my god, you're Captain America. He was like, yeah, I gathered you were Steve Rogers. <laughs> yeah. He actually, like, jokes with Steve, like, even before they know each other's names really where Steve is like I started like a little late and he's like well I bet that well you should take another lap then yeah like I I I like that from the get-go in the opening scene they initiated that he's going to treat Steve as a person he's not going to treat him as like oh my god it's Captain America like they like he sees Steve as a person and they're mm-hmm. actually building a general friendship. And I think that's one of the reasons why Steve decides to go to him. Because he's not looking at Steve as Captain America. He's looking at him as Steve Rogers. And, like, the one thing that I loved is that, <clears throat> as Steve pointed out, Sam was out. He was retired. He was done with everything. But he still went back and helped Steve. Yeah, like, I, I, I think that was a really good good thing they threw in about his character. That Sam is a hero because uh, he was willing to do the right thing. You know, he mm-hmm. was, you know, he saw that this was a problem. He had, and they gave him a choice. They were like, you do not have to come with this. This isn't your fight. And and he was like, no, I, I want to help because, you know, people are going to get hurt. It is my duty to go and help these people and to be a part of this and to help save all these people. Because, I mean, imagine if Sam was like, you know what, you're right. This isn't my fight. I'm going to stay out of it. And they actually succeeded and, like, killed two million people. God, can you imagine how destroyed he would be? I know. Oh, my goodness. Ugh. I really liked his uniform. I do. Like, as, huh, all, you know, as great as the red and white falcon design is, <laughs> like, I'm really glad <laughs> that they didn't have that. Though I do kind of wish they had a few touches of the red and white in it. Like, you know how in, like, with Clint's outfit, they still have, like, the touches of purple, mm-hmm. even though it's not, like, the purple dress of right. Earth's Mightiest Heroes? Uh-huh. Um I kind of wish they had a few nods of the red and white. Like, even if it was just, like, paint or something. So, 
apparently there was a nod to his original like uniform because originally I think his color scheme was green and he's wearing green when we see him. Mm-hmm. So there was a shout out to that. But um, yeah, seeing the red and white would have been interesting, like incorporated a little bit in there. And I have to say, like, I'm really glad I've been watching Earth's Mightiest Heroes and also watching Avengers Assemble, especially Avengers Assemble. Because uh-huh. I'll admit, like, it, like I said earlier, like, Captain America comics are not my forte, so I, I really don't know much about Falcon. And if it wasn't for Avengers Assemble and him being a main character on them, on that show, and getting to know Sam on that show, um, I think I wouldn't have appreciated him that much. So I'm really, when I saw Avengers Assemble and saw that was coming out and that they were adding Falcon to the team... I knew they were adding Falcon because Falcon was going to be in Captain America 2. Like, that is the entire reason they probably put Falcon in Avengers Assemble and started it about, what, six months ago? To get Mm -hmm. people, or at least kids and whoever watches the show, ready for Falcon and Cap 2. I adore Sam. Sam is just an amazing character. I really hope when if they put him with Tony, though, he fanboys over Tony the same way Sam fanboys over Tony in Avengers Assemble. I will be really upset if he's not yeah. like, oh my god, it's Tony Stark. And Steve is like, why are you listening to Tony? <laughs> or either that or like, what, he gets the fanboy and I don't? <laughs> he's like, but Steve, I know you. I don't know. It's Tony Stark. Can I touch all the buttons? <laughs> like, this is Tony Stark. You're on your left, guy. <laughs> <laughs> on your left, guy. Yes. Yes. So I do like that he sits with Steve in Steve's hospital room. And pe- playing Marvin Gaye? Yeah. Mm, I had such feelings in that scene. Like, that That was a good scene. And cause, so- like, that was, like, the one thing he suggested to Steve. And, like, how it is pretty much was, like, a summary of life. And it's playing mm-hmm. in the background. Like, oh, my God. I had such, I loved that scene. It was a nice callback to the opening scene. But if you think about it, think how quickly of a friendship they built. Like, Steve had just met Sam, like, what, a couple of weeks ago? I think it's also because of the situation. Right, You know, Steve didn't really have friends, you know. Not really. Because, like, everybody he worked with was S.H.I.E.L.D. agents, you know. And it's not like Mm -hmm. he could really trust any of them. He didn't, like, really hang out with them. You know, he focused solely on work. And, like, you know, he did form starting friendships with, like, Tony and Bruce and all of them and Avengers. Mm-hmm. But we, we've we yet to see Steve, like, hang out with them. Right. And so this is, like, the first time we've really seen Steve form a friendship after Bucky, you know. And even then, I, I don't think, I, I think Steve, I, I think Steve might have always had a little bit of trouble forming friends. Because, like, probably mm-hmm. pre-serum Steve was, you know, he was always picked on and bullied. He probably didn't have a lot of friends because like he always got bullied. Like, his only friend, I think, was Bucky. Yeah, he was always, like, the uncool kid. And then it was, like, when he suddenly became Captain America, you know, everybody wanted to know him. Like, he like, had girls... Yeah, like, girls hit, it on, like, hit on him. And, I, and you could kind of see, like, when the girls were kind of hitting on him and stuff like that, he was kind of overwhelmed because I don't think that's ever happened to him before. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I, I don't think he knows really how to handle friendships but i do think he's an incredibly good judge of character and he could tell right away that sam was a good man i also like how he kind of asks cap like what he wants to do like he doesn't tell cap what he like this is what you should do this is like well there's one point but what do you want to do like what are you going to do yeah i i think he's actually the first person to probably tell ask cap like ask cap a question about that 
I cap about Steve, like, what do you as Steve want to do as Steve? Mm-hmm. Like, he does point out that, yes, Bucky may be the kind of person that you take out instead of... Save. You know, save, but he respects that Steve wants to save Bucky. Mm-hmm. And then even afterwards, uh, when Steve is like, you know, this is my thing, I have to go find Bucky, you don't have to do this, and Sam is like, yeah, I know. When do we start? <laughs> mm-hmm. He's, like, willing to help Steve, no matter what, and he's just... I think he respects Steve as Steve and Captain America. I do have to wonder if Sam has a little bit of, like, the John Watson thing going on, though. Because the thing about John Watson and the BBC, um, Mycroft points out to John, you know, you you don't uh, fear the war, war and, like, uh, you don't fear the war and you don't, like, sit there and remember it. It doesn't terrorize you. You miss the war and you miss mm-hmm. the action. And that's what draw, draws Sherlock or John to Sherlock because uh, he, he was so bored with pedestrian life and he just could not function as a normal civilian because he was so, he had this kind of PTSD sort of thing going right. on. And so I, I wonder if Stan has a little bit of that. You know, we know that he works with the uh, VA Medical Center, and we know that he is doing this counseling. But I wonder if a lot of it is just for him personally that I, I would like to see more of his character. And wondering if he is kind of struggling with that too. Like, he doesn't really know how to adjust to civilian life, you know, after, especially after losing his partner, just like Steve. Like, we, I, I think they could have very similarities. A lot of similarities were... Just like Steve, Sam is having trouble adjusting to civilian life again. He doesn't really quite know what to do with himself. And that's one reason why he goes with Steve is because it's something to, it's something to do. Yeah, I can totally see that. Like, speaking of the VA and stuff, it's really telling because he immediately calls out to, like, Steve, like, let me guess, the bed is too soft. Mm -hmm. And... Like, that's the thing. Like, I'm really glad that, like, they kind of touched a little bit on it, like, with Tony and his panic attack mm-hmm. in Iron Man 3. But they really did play more on um, the effects of war in this movie and how tough it can be for people to come back from that situation. And I'm really glad that they brought that in. I think that that VA scene um, with with him doing the um, the counseling with you know the people who've been recently discharged and like had that mm-hmm. girl talking, I think that was probably what the probably the most important Sam scene, and I'm saying that because it's the one that we, and like that one and him going to and like talking with Steve's character, I think that is the quintessential Sam scene that sets up who he is. This is the mm-hmm. kind of man he is. This is the kind of thing he does. And he is willing to help these people, meaning that he's willing to help anyone no matter what. Mm-hmm. And I think also he listens. I think a lot of times that people don't quite listen to Steve. And we see that Sam actively listens to Steve and actively mm-hmm. responds to him. And I think the last person who's really done that is Bucky. Because, like, I love Nat and Steve together, but she kind of, you know, blows him off a lot for her own missions. Like, even then, like, when he keeps telling her, like, no, I'm kind of not ready to date, she's still like, well, what about so-and-so? Mm-hmm. God, Natasha, I'm gay for Tony. Mm. <laughs> Either that or he's still hung up over Peggy. Mm-hmm. Uh. <laughs> yes, that is canon. Tony is thick, but... Mm. But I actually kind of wanted to see more Sam and Natasha together. Because, like, like I was saying earlier with Bucky, like, I think Sam is a really good person that Bucky could talk to. Right. I think I think Sam is also a really good person Natasha could talk to. And while, while they right. had a few scenes together, 
I kind of hope and there's a deleted scene of Sam and Natasha talking. Right. Because they, they only really had interaction through Steve. We didn't ever see them have a one-on-one. I so think, that's... like, the only time that they ever had a conversation is, like, Natasha telling Sam to stay where he is, and he's like, not an option. Yeah. <laughs> As he's, like, running through the crumbling building. But we see that she also kind of learns to trust him, too, but I think she trusts him because of Steve trusting right. him. Right. Kind of like how Sam trusts, I mean, the Steve trusted Clint through Natasha. Mm-hmm. Notice. Those two only trust other people through each other. Yeah. Friends. <laughs> friends. Friends. <laughs> but I, I really hope we get a lot more, Sam. I, I, I was kind of bummed when Anthony Mackie said that he hadn't been called yet for Avengers 2. Aww. That really, really bums me out because I was, I'm looking forward to seeing more Sam and I'm looking forward to seeing more Falcon. He's, he's really funny. He is, and I think that he would be an amazing addition to the team because he has that mix of heroism and snark and you know it's kind of it's kind of a passive snark though it was like like when he said he was like i don't even know what you're talking about i'm just doing what this guy does but slower (laughs) but still it would fit into the team Mm -hmm. because as you've noticed all of the avengers have their own kind of snarky sense of humor i oh sam would get along really well with bruce i think I think so too. I, I think I think like he would I think he would do the exact same thing that Steve did in the Avengers, which he was like, I don't care that you're green, I just want to care about the work you're doing right now. Right. And I, I think that Sam would approach Bruce the same way, like, you know, like I don't really care that you're the Hulk, I just want to talk to you and make sure that you're okay as a person. Right, because Bruce has probably been through some traumatic experiences. But... <laughs> Sam doesn't become Avengers, he becomes the team's therapist. Because Bruce is not that kind of doctor. And Sam is like, I'm not that kind of doctor either, guys. No, no, I'm not done, Sam. Shut up. Oh. Yes, I may have run a talk thing, a talk group in the VA, but this is different. Actually, he might be the most qualified to, like, mentally help them all. (laughs) He probably would be. So, yeah, I, I really am bummed that he hasn't been called for Avengers 2. I really want to see more of him. I know. But hey, Rhodey is going to be in Avengers 2. I'm so excited about Rhodey being in Avengers 2. Oh my goodness. Actually, wasn't Rhodey confirmed before Tony? I think so. Yeah, yeah. Rhodey was totally confirmed before Tony. And I wonder if... Because, see, Rhodey actually works for the government. He doesn't work for S.H.I.E.L.D. He works for the army. And so yeah. I'm wondering if Rhodey is going to... If they if they do try to do a 2.0, if he's going to be like the Tony Stark side of that. Like he's going to... Be invited to come join shield hmm maybe well or whatever shield becomes mm-hmm. shield 2.0 someone else will call it that until we actually know no but yeah i, I really like sam i hope we get way more of him because uh, like he was in this movie a lot but i feel like we didn't get enough of him and like right. i said if i don't see a, a moment of bucky being really jealous of sam i'm gonna be really mm-hmm. upset also a note that me and my friends were making we were standing in line for the movie and we were looking at the poster and my friend Tony he's like where is Falcon on that poster and I'm like I don't know mm-hmm. he's the new because, hockey uh, now I have to give mad props to Anthony Mackie because hasn't he audition for the Marvel movies like 20 times 
I think so. Like, he he's auditioned for pretty much every Marvel movie since the beginning and has been trying to get into the film. He's finally Falcon. And I gotta give mad props to the guy because he was amazing. He really was. And he's he's a, such a funny guy, and I like his um, camaraderie with Sebastian Stan. And I was also about to say, like, he's been in a few movies already with Chris Evans. I'm so surprised you haven't mm-hmm. brought that up. Oh, yeah, he was... What's I wrong think, with you? I don't know. But uh, I think that's part of the reason why Sam and Steve work so well together is because, like uh, Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson, Chris Evans has been in another movie. Like, I've only seen one other movie of Chris Evans and Anthony Mackie together, and I think that's part of the reason why there's actual chemistry, because the actors know each other and know how to work together. Mm Mm-hmm. Nothing will ever beat Chris Evans and Scarlett Johansson's thing, though. I don't think so. At least to you. <laughs> well, I mean, they've been in, like, what, five, six movies together already? Yeah, that's true. They've been in a lot of movies together. I think I've seen, like, every movie where they, like, co-star together. I think you've pretty much seen, like, every Chris Evans movie. Uh, every... Except two. No, four. I haven't seen four of his movies. Good lord, Angel. (laughs) Or five. Four or five. That's okay. I'm kind of working my way through Sebastian Stan movies and Tom Hiddleston Mm -hmm. movies and Benedict Cumberbatch movies, so I I feel, yeah, I'm I'm working my way through them. It still breaks my heart that I haven't seen 12 Years a Slave. I really want to see that movie. I know. So do I. I still haven't seen Star Trek. The second (sighs) Star Trek. I haven't watched it yet, and it breaks my heart. Watch it. Well, the thing is, like, I was really excited to see it, and then everyone was like, oh my god, it kind of sucked. So I'm like, okay, now I just really want to watch it for Benedict Cumberbatch, but I can't actually bring myself to watch it. I don't know. I kind of thought that it was okay. I mean, Mm -hmm. me. Okay, let me rephrase that. People who were fans of the new J.J. Abrams Star Trek who didn't know the old stuff uh, loved it. People who have been diehard Star Trek fans were just like, what the hell is this? Well, I mean, like, I've seen, like... After watching these Star Trek movies, I went back and watched like the original, and yes, it's different, way different. But I don't know. I still like the new generation because it's an alternate universe. It takes place in an alternate universe, and I kind of recognize that, so I can like detach. I don't know. Meh. <laughs> so, anything else on Falcon? Uh. More Falcon. More Falcon. More Falcon. Yeah. All right, you guys, I hope you enjoyed that. Um, be on the lookout for my next part. We start going into the minor characters of the franchise, like Alexander Pierce, Agent 13, Peggy Carter, Maria Hill. So that's going to come out whenever I get it edited. Yay! As always, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Hope Molnax. You can also find me on Tumblr at geekygirlexperience.tumblr.com. I also have a Once Upon a Time blog at onceuponanobsession.tumblr.com. And you can find me on Instagram, on, uh, usually in the Two True Freaks Facebook page. I'm usually bumming around there. So just uh, take a look around. If you like what I do, please feel free to leave a review and rate my show on iTunes. It helps people find the show, and I, I want to hear back from you guys what I do well if there's stuff that you don't like about my show, let me know, and I, I'll take a look at it, and yeah, we'll we'll figure it out. And as always, feedback for the show can be sent to hope at twotruefreaks.com through email, and you can find Angel at whatabunchofmarvelousaholes.tumblr.com. 
All right, and I'm going to close us out, since this was the Sam Wilson episode, with Trouble Man by Marvin Gaye, which is the song that he suggested to Steve to put on his list. As always, thank you so much for listening to Hope Fall Trades. My name is Hope Molinax. Have a great day, guys.